with the nails in my hands laugh at me where you stand go ahead say it isn't me but the day will come when you still the same. Go ahead. Oh, and bury me. But very soon you will see. Cause I take my people back come to take my people back somebody put your hands together for our next level band amen Todd, could you put that screen down, sir? We're going to do that first, and then we're going to do that next. Hallelujah. My church members call me the king of wing it. We were going to play this video after we brought everybody in, so, uh, but I want to play it first because uh, I want you to see it, and I believe with everybody up here, you're not going to be able to see it. Uh, so, Mary, could you all sit down, and Todd, sit down. Is that coming down? Everybody sit down. 
And Mary's going to sing a special for you guys afterwards. But I, I'm going to say this. I'm already moved by how God is working here today. Amen. This video, I found it. I found this video a couple years ago, and I know some of y'all are stacked on the walls. I pray you can see it. Uh, it's Brad Paisley and Sarah Evans, uh, and it's their song that they sing called New Again. And, man, when I watched this video, it's taken from the Passion, and, uh, man, it just touched me to the core. So this morning I got here and we did a pancake breakfast, and I went in my office and I prayed. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And this video wasn't even scheduled to be played today, but I just wanted to be filled up with the Holy Spirit, so I watched it myself. But I think it was the Lord saying we all need to watch it, we all need to listen, and we all need to know that God will make us new again. So if you're here this morning and you're feeling like, man, would God save an old dog like you? Yes, he would. He'd save an old sinner like you? Yes, he would. Somebody said earlier that if I go in that building, it might fall down. No, it ain't. If it didn't fall down on me, it ain't going to fall down on you. All of us have sinned, but God can wash us clean and make us new again. I want you all to watch this video. Go ahead, Brother Mike. Turn it up. Can we turn it up? any sound, Mike? All right, we're going to scrap that and go back to the song that we were going to do. Miss Mary, you ready? Go ahead and turn the lights back on. If everybody can be seated and be still, I'll have that for you guys next week somehow, some way. Go ahead and turn that off, Mike. Turn the lights on. You need this mic? Sometimes when you wing it, it don't work, and sometimes it does, but I'm willing to take a chance. Here you go. 
It was the third hour, and they crucified him. And a superscription of his accusations was written over the king of the Jews. With him they crucified two thieves, one on his right hand and the other on his left. The scripture was fulfilled which saith, he was numbered with the transgressors. The oceans he made were no larger than a tear and the sound of his voice made dry land appear he spoke death on mountains with such great skill yet when my sin he erased he prayed forgiveness while his blood spilled God signed my pardon on Calvary's hill it was more
praise the Lord, amen. God is good. Matthew 26. I uh, got this Bible from a friend of mine named Dennis Westerman. He's probably been the biggest Christian influence in my life. By far, one man, one man has probably influenced me more than any other man I've ever met. Now, I have met some men since Dennis who have been a real big impact on my life. But Dennis gave me this Bible here. Look up here. He gave me this Bible, and I didn't open it for 10 years. It sat on my nightstand by my bed, and it was covered with dust when I got saved. When I got saved, we went to Parkview Baptist Church, and I went that Sunday. I didn't have a Bible. And I went back home and I said, after I got saved, I said, I need to start reading my Bible. Well, brothers and sisters, I have read this Bible. I have wore it out. I have broken it in two. The pages are written on. I've abused it, dropped it, held it over people's head, and seen over 5,000 people come get baptized right here on this property with this Bible. Two years ago, I decided to retire this Bible, and it sits in a display case in my, in my, uh, uh, with my belt buckles that I won and the buckles that my kids have won, trophies that we have acquired. Uh, the Bible sits in that display case. This year, I was honored to put something else in that display case, and it was a, it was a, uh, a tag off of Brother Larry Hamlet's uh, military uniform after I buried another mentor in my life, and uh, this Bible. It's something that I've cherished. When I read out of this Bible, man, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, get goosebumps. Why? Because I believe that this was meant for me. You ever get something and you know it's just priceless? They say, Brother Mark, you can take it and you can get it rebound up, you can get it fixed, you can do all this. Nah, I like it the way it is. Sometimes I'm reading at home, sometimes I'm going through a trial. I don't bring it up here much, but sometimes when I'm going through a trial, the new one that I got just don't feel like it's got the answers for me. But, oh, this one, when I touch it, it just something real comes about. The Bible that I use today, I found it in a lost and found bin in the back of the church. Somebody lost it, and I found it. Bibles are expensive, man. I got this one for free. There's another free gift that's found in this Bible. It's the one I want to talk to you about today. It's the gift of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who went to that cross willingly for my sins and for your sins. See, I don't stand up here at Easter and preach some fancy sermon. I read to you how it went down so that you might understand like I understand. Because if God would take a guy with a 10th grade education that didn't know how to read, and make this come to life where I would wear it out and bring it to hundreds of people. I think it still works today. How many believers believe today the Bible still works today? I remember when my kids were asleep, I'd hold this Bible over their head and I'd pray over them. I believe before I whooped them sometime, I, I'd just read it. They might need a whooping today, I don't know. I believe all the answers to your marriage is in this Bible. I believe you got a problem on the job, it's in this Bible. I believe you got issues 
the issues are solved from this Bible. If you brought a Bible or you don't have one, I'd like to buy you one. You don't have one, you see me, I'll buy you one. Because when that guy bought me this Bible, it changed my life. What I wish is I wouldn't have waited so long to open it. But boy, when I did, God opened my heart up to things I've never seen before. Places I've never been before. I tell people all the time that I was that guy that people wouldn't walk across the street and give me 50 cents. I was as sorry as they come. I thought if I went to church, the building would literally fall down. Paul talks about being a sinner in this Bible, and he said there was no greater sinner than I. I killed Christians. I crucified them. I tortured them. I hunted them down. I, I killed them. He said there was no greater sinner than I. I put my sins right up there with Paul's because I did a lot of them. Any sinners in this house that thank God for this Bible today, and they read it, and they believed it, and they understand it, and God changed their life today? So like I said, I'm just going to read to it to you and they're going to kind of follow along suit with what this says but before I read today I need you to listen if you're asking why I'm holding these because when I started reading this thing up here <laughs> I didn't need these but man today I, I had to go to Walgreens and buy me some of these things and uh, they're a little smaller than it used to be but can I ask you to do me a favor before I read to you you follow along, that's great. But I'd ask you to believe what I'm reading to be true. Before I say the first thing, I'd ask you to believe in your heart that it would be true. And let's see where, what our Lord does today. You say, Brother Mark, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure if I believe. I'm not sure I believe all this stuff. That's okay, but I just ask you to believe with me that what I'm reading to be true. I heard something the other day. I saw something the other day. It was really incredible. There was a guy sat down in a barber chair, and everything was in Spanish. I had to read it. Like I said, I didn't know how to read before I became a preacher, really. That's the truth. But God taught me how to read. And I was watching a video, and it was this Spanish guy getting a haircut, and he was sitting down in a chair, and he was getting a haircut. And uh, uh, the guy said uh, uh, he was reading his Bible the whole time he was getting his haircut. And the guy gave him a haircut, and he said, that'll be $10. And he stood up, and the guy paid him the $10. And then he said, he said, the guy, the barber said to the guy with the Bible, said, I don't believe. And the guy didn't know what to say. He said, what'd you say? He said, I don't believe in God. He said, I don't believe in Jesus. I had to read all this because it was in, in Spanish. He said, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. The guy said, why don't you believe? He said, well, why would God allow there to be cancer and suffering and, and hurting people and babies sick? If God really existed, none of that would take place. The guy was lost for answers. It was the craziest thing. Me, I, I don't know what I would have said in that situation either. I don't. I really don't know what I would have said in that situation. So the guy didn't say nothing. He turned around, and he walked outside the barbershop, and he noticed that there was a guy outside the barbershop, and he had long hair. I wish I could undo this thing, but it looks like Miss Augusta got you braided up good. Hold on. guy walked outside the barbershop. He noticed this guy with long hair. Does that hurt? You can get it off. Tell me if it hurts. 
Oh, you get it off because I feel like I'm going to hurt you over there. Boy, I should have took my knife out. I would have got this done a lot faster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come here, man. <laughs> okay. Guy walked outside the barbershop and he saw this guy standing there, Vic. And he had long hair and a rough beard and a scrubby beard. He walked back in the barbershop and he had that guy with him. He took that guy with him and he said, he said, hey, the guy said, yeah. He said, I don't believe in barbers. He said, what do you mean? I am a barber. He said, well, if you were really a barber, why didn't this guy got a haircut? See, people want to blame God for this and blame God for that. Sin brought about our destruction. But it is his freedom in Christ that will bring about our salvation today. The guy started crying. He realized that, you know what? It takes just enough faith, the faith of a mustard seed, to believe what we're going to read today for salvation. I like your hair. Also, I like to do this, too, for you, Scott. Justin, would you hand me that? I mean, believe that God is real. Where's Miss Augusta? Come here, Miss Augusta. Hurry up, girl. Scott, how long have you and Mrs. Gus have been going to this church? Five years. Come on up, Mrs. Gus. Stand there with your husband. You married him for his hair. Just threw that in for free. Scott didn't believe five years ago until Easter. Easter, five years ago, we did this same play with a different soldier, with different people, and we dropped Jesus down in the driveway as Miss Augusta finally talked him into, she'd been coming for a little while, she finally talked Scott into coming to church. Five years ago, he watched Jesus fall on the ground, and he watched them soldiers beat him, and he watched the whole reenactment like you're going to do, and he gave his heart to Jesus five years ago, and he gave his life to Jesus, and he went home, and he poured out all the drugs and the alcohol out of his house. And changed your entire life. We didn't have any money to finish our youth building. Two weeks after he got saved, he bought $750 worth of sheetrock so we could finish our youth building. He's never missed a Sunday morning. He's never missed a Sunday night. He's never missed a Wednesday night unless he had to work or that he's out of town for something. This man is so faithful to Christ since he got saved. Do you believe today that he is a risen and alive Savior working in your life, Scott Jones? So on behalf of Caney Creek Cowboy Church, you're the first one that I'm giving these plaques to every month who do some amazing things at this church. What you don't know about Scott is his company mows our grass every week. Miss Augusta and Scott, every Sunday, get here at 6.30 and make coffee and put out donuts for you guys. 
On behalf of Caney Creek Cowboy Church, the elders, all the people that love you, and I say they love you because they all signed it. I love you and this is yours. I love you. Amen. Give them a round of applause. Is where I'll be, and I'm gonna jump around. Try not to get your hair in your eyes, Scott. Matthew 26, verse one. I'm gonna jump around, like I said. If you want to follow along, this is a true story. Believe with me for a minute, please. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he said to his disciples, "As you know, the Passover celebration begins in two days." And I, the Son of Man, will be betrayed and crucified. I mean, believe that today. Go down there with me to verse 14. Judas, one of the twelve, agrees to, bab, uh, agree, agrees to betray Jesus. Verse 14. Then Judas, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priest and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus for you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for the time and the right place to betray Jesus. Verse 17, the Last Supper. On the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples of Jesus said, Where do you want us to prepare for the Passover Supper? Jesus says, As you go into the city, he told them, You will see a certain man. Tell him, the teacher says, My time has come. And I will eat the Passover meal with my disciples at your house. Verse 21 says this. While they were eating, he said, The truth is, one of you will betray me. Verse 23 says, He replied, The one of you who is eating now will betray me. For I, the Son of Man, must die, as the Scripture declared long ago. But how terrible will it be for my betrayer? For better for him to have never been born. At that time, guys. Judas had sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. It's amazing to me today, guys, what I see people selling out for today. Don't be a Judas of the 2016. Give your heart to Jesus. Sacrifice your life. Trust Him. Believe in Him today. Get involved into a church. Plug yourself in. All churches got problems because they got people in them. You show me a perfect church, I'll tell you no go because you'll mess it up. Listen to me. All have sinned and fallen short. And Judas sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. Don't sell him out no more. Matthew 26, verse 33. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Peter replied, Jesus the truth is, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. All the other disciples vowed the same thing. Verse 36, Jesus brought them to an olive garden called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go ahead to 
pray. He took Peter and two sons, James and John, and began to be filled with anguish and deep distress. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch for me. He went on a little further and fell down on his face on the ground. My father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me, yet not my will, but your will. See, listen to me. Sometimes we got to go through a hard time, folks. Somebody hear me today. Is anybody here any better than Jesus? Sometimes hard things will come your way. Here Jesus is. He knows the cross is before him. He knows he's fixing to suffer. He knows what's about to come, the wrath. The cat of nine tails, the nails on his hands and feet. He saw all this before it was happening. And he said, God, if there's any will, that, that, that you would just take this cup from me. I preached a message Wednesday night. If you were here, you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes the same cup that will bless you is the same cup you got to carry through the hard time. See, when it's good and bad, you got to serve him, guys. Somebody hear me today. In the good times and in the bad times, you got to trust him, guys. When all hell's breaking loose, you got to know he's right there. I love that poem, Footprints in the Sand. It talks about the guy and how he's walking with Jesus after his death, and he's looking back over his life, and he sees all the good times, a little stress here, a little stress there. He sees Jesus walking with him, and all of a sudden, he sees some real graphic pictures of some real hard times in his life, and all of a sudden, he sees that one set of footprints is gone, and it's just one set of footprints. He begins to wonder, Jesus, why did you leave me in the hardest times of my life? Why did you forsake me in the hardest times of my life? And, and, and Jesus looked at him with tears in his eyes and said, My son, it was in the hardest times of your life. I didn't forsake you. I picked you up and I carried you. Don't leave him, guys. He's too good. Verse 48, Matthew 26, verse 48. You will know which one to arrest when I come over and give him a kiss of greeting. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, teacher, he exclaimed and gave him one kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you got to do. Then others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. One of the men with Jesus pulled out a sword and slashed off the ears of the priest. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those of you who use the sword will be killed by the sword. Don't you realize that in my father's house I could have called a thousands of angels to protect us, and they would have instantly. But if I did, how would the scripture be fulfilled that's described? Then Jesus said to the crowd, Am I so dangerous, criminal, that you come with arms and swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the word of the prophets as recorded in the scripture. Verse 37, 57, sorry, Matthew 26, 57. Then the people who had arrested Jesus led him to the home of Capius, the high priest, where the teachers of religious law and leaders had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter was following far behind and eventually came towards the courtyard of the high priest. He went in and sat with the guards and waited to see what was going to happen. Instead, the leading priest and the entire high council were trying to find witnesses who could tell lies about Jesus. But even though they found many who agreed to give false witness, there was no one to testify. There was no testimony they could use. Finally, two men were found 
who declared, This man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Let me say this. Anybody ever lied on you? Anybody ever lied on you? Raise your hand. Boy, you can imagine how Jesus, here he is, falsely accused. Here he is, he's falsely accused, and, and uh, they, they dragged him up into this court. They've looked for four or five to bring up false witnesses, and all of a sudden they found someone who told the truth. He said, you'll destroy the temple, the temple being his body. And I say this to you today, understand where I'm coming from. The temple being his body. But he said, three days I'll rise again. Who believes in Easter this morning? Give him praise. I need water. You got some water. Get these things back on. Verse 59. Inside the leading priest, the entire high council were finding false witnesses, but they found one. Verse 62, then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said, I'm a man in the name of the living God that you tell us if you're the Messiah of God. Jesus said, Yes, it is as you have said. And in the future you will see me, the Son of Man, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Guilty, they shouted. He must die. Meanwhile, as Peter was sitting outside the courtyard, a servant, Gerald, came and said, You're one of them. He denied again. Another time, another person came and said, You're one of them. And Peter denied again. The third time, they asked, Ain't you one of the Galileans? Aren't you an ascendant? Aren't you one of Jesus's? Verse 74 says, Peter said, I swear by God, I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went away crying bitterly. This is where we begin. Matthew 27, verse 11. Now Jesus standing before Pilate, the Roman governor's, are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, yes, it is as you have said. Verse 19, Judas then, as Pilate was sitting on judgment seat, his wife sent him a message. Leave that innocent man alone because I have a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priest and the other leading priest of the crowd asked for Barnabas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So when the governors asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back with their reply, Barnabas, Barnabas. But if I release Barnabas, Pilate asked, what should I do with Jesus who's called the Messiah? And they shouted, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has this man committed? But the crowd only got louder and louder. Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting nowhere. A riot was starting to break out. So he sent for a bowl of water, washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. Verse 32, Matthew 27, verse 32, the start of the crucifixion. As they were on their way, they came across a man named Simon 
who was from Syria, and forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Then they went to a place called Golgotha, which means the skull hill. The soldiers gave him mixed wine and bitter as he refused to drink it. Some of the governing soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out Babylon. They stripped him of his scarlet robe. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Verse 27, some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus in their headquarters and called out the entire Babylon. They stripped him of his scarlet robe. They made a crown of thorns, and they smashed it on his head. They placed sticks in his hand. They held and they mocked him. Hell, king of the Jews. They spit on him, grabbed sticks, beat him over the head. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took his robe and his clothes again, and they led him away. As they were on their way, they came across a man named Simon, asked him to carry his cross. They, they forced him to carry his cross. The soldiers gave him mixed wine, but he refused to drink it. After that, they nailed him to the cross. After that, they nailed him to the cross, and the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. That's why you don't play the lotto, folks. People say, I don't see much about gambling in the Bible. We need to put our trust in God, not the Texas lotto. You're not going to scratch off a fortune. You find your fortune in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I gave you all that for free. That's why I don't play the lotto. I don't gamble. I trust my Lord and Savior to provide. And besides, they say you get might get hit by lightning before you win that thing. I gave you all that for free. I don't know why. I'll get back to this. But After they nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A sign was fashioned to the cross above his head saying this is Jesus the king of the Jews two criminals were crucified with him their crosses on either side and the people passing by shouted abused shaking their heads and mocking so you are destroyed the temple in three days but you can't even save yourself from the cross the leading priest and the other teachers of religious laws mocked him save yourself come down from there and the criminals who were crucified with him also shouted insults at noon, darkness fell across the whole land. At about 3 o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lashavagah, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a stick. Then Jesus shouted out again and gave up his spirit. It is finished. Verse 51. At that moment, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened up. The bodies of many godly men and women who were dead 
were raised from the dead. After Jesus' resurrection, they left the cemetery, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and peered to many people. The Roman officers and the soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that happened. Truly, this is what the Son of Man says. As evening approached, Joseph, verse 57, a rich man from Amaria, who was one of Jesus' followers, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Jesus issued an order to be released. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in linen clothes, and placed it in a new tomb, which had been carved out of rock. Then they rolled a good stone, a great stone in front of the entrance. Both Mary Magdalene and other Mary were sitting nearby when this happened. You know, how many believe that happened? How many believe that happened? They asked for Jesus' body. They wrapped it in clothes. They put him in a tomb, and they sealed the tomb. The story gets better from there. See, they started thinking from this point, oh, my goodness, what if they take his body? We're going to be worse off now than we would if we'd have just not done anything. Let me read that to you. As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Ariel, was one of Jesus' followers, went to Pilate, asked for Jesus' body. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in linen clothes, they placed it in a tomb. The guards at the tomb, the next day of the first day of the Passover ceremony, the leading priests and the Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said once he was still alive after three days that he would rise from the dead. So we request that you would seal the tomb and, and keep anybody from coming. This will prevent the disciples from coming and stealing his body and telling everybody he came back to life. If this happens, we'll be worse off than we were in the first place. Pilate replied, take cards and secure the tomb. Secure the tomb, guys. Secure it, stand in front of it, don't let anybody out in. Better take another guard. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know if a group of fishermen could have took on these big, strong guards. A bunch of ladies could have took him out of that tomb. The tomb was sealed, and it had guards in front of it. But here we are on Easter, and he rose again, folks. How many believe that today? So if I were to try to get in this tomb, y'all think y'all could keep me out? I don't think y'all could, huh? Huh, with these sort y'all, they probably, looky here. The Lord watches over my coming and my going. Let me borrow one of them shoes that you took off. No, I'm just kidding, man. I'm going to knock them out with the shoes. Chris, are you awake? Okay, just check. You think they could take me? I don't think they can either. Let me in that tomb. That's my good hat, my goodness. 
I don't think anyone possibly could have got in that tomb. It was sealed with the biggest stone. It had guards in front of it that were willing to die. And this is what the Bible says. And this is why we're here and I'm done. Early on Sunday morning as a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake because an angel of the Lord came from heaven. They got a little ahead of me. <laughs> Can we give all our actors a big round of applause? Stand up and give them a round of applause, guys. Let me finish reading it to you. Sit back down. What a great job you guys have done. All right, here we go. Early on Sunday morning, that's why we do sunrise service. As a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and other Mary went out to the tomb. 28, verse 2. Suddenly there was a great earthquake because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled the stone away. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards shook with fear, and they became like dead men when they saw him. The angel spoke to the women, do not be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead, just like I had said it would happen. Come and see where the body is laid. And now go quickly and tell the disciples, he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. Verse You know, I, I just want to stop right there. I just want to stop right there. You can read the rest of it on your own. I ask you to do one thing for me. I ask you to believe. I ask you to believe. Real quiet, real quiet. I ask you to believe that he's alive today. Now, if you finish reading that, it tells you that he was witnessed and seen over 500 times before he ascended to heaven. I ask you to believe that he was locked up in that tomb, that he was crucified, that he was nailed to the cross for my sins and for your sins. At any time he could have removed himself. I ask you to believe that they took him off that cross and they, they, they wrapped his body in linen and cloth and they placed him in a tomb. And, 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 and let me, Chris, come here, come here, come here, boy, come here. Look inside there. Do you see anybody? Look again. You don't look good. Look good. Look real good. You see anybody? Turn around and tell them a report he ain't there. No, Jesus ain't there, not the reporter. Give him a report. Say he ain't there. Look again. Look again. 
Look, get up, get, walk up them stairs and look. Look, get in there and look. Look over here. Hey, look over here. Look in there. See in there? Turn around and give him a report. He's not there. Turn around. Say it again. I love you, Chris. I believe in Jesus. So how many believe Chris's report? But there was over 500 who saw him who believed. I'm going to ask you today, close your eyes. I'm going to ask you, do you believe that our Redeemer lives? They're going to sing this last song, and I'm going to lead you in a closing prayer. I'm going to ask you, every head bowed and every eye closed, do you believe our Redeemer lives? Every head bowed. I want you to worship him right now on your own. Don't think about nobody else. Draw a circle. Put yourself in it. He lives for you today. That's right. Do you believe? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed, I just want you to worship God. I want you to believe like you've never believed before. By believing today, you are saying that Jesus is alive. Here we go. I want you to open your eyes. And I want you to believe with me that he is risen today. Come on, somebody. Believe with me that he is risen. Somebody believe with me. Put your hands together and pray. Let all creation testify. He's a smiling Jesus. within me cry. I know my Redeemer. Everybody sing with us. Stand to your feet and let's sing and praise him. Very same God that spins things in order and runs to the weary, the worn and the weak, and the same gentle hands that hold me when I'm broken. They conquered death to bring me victory.
Everybody got some things that need taken away this morning. ask you today to believe in Jesus today. Out of nowhere, he comes into your life this morning. Maybe your life's falling apart. Maybe some things are happening and you're thinking, well, does God care about you? Yes, he does. He care about you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins. I ask you this morning, give your heart to him. Fall in love with him. Let him take away your pain and your sin. If you're here today and you never ask him into your heart, pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. You can pray it out loud. Dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you with all my heart. you got to say this, I believe you died on the cross. And I believe three days later you rose from the dead. I believe. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that with me and you believe that this morning, would you raise your hand? Let me see. Oh, man, praise God for this day. Give God praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, maybe something we've done will set you on fire. Maybe you'll realize how real God is. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to plug back in. One day you were so on fire for God, but that passion has slipped away. Let this passion play that we do, this Easter celebration, resonate in your heart from this day forward. Pray with me right now. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord this Easter, say, Dear Lord, I rededicate my life to you today. I'm going to follow you from this day forward. I am yours, Lord. I know you got my soul, but you have me today, Lord. I'm being church. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a godly husband. I'm going to be a godly wife. I'm going to be an example for my friends to follow. 
I'm quitting drugs today. I'm quitting alcohol today, Lord. I'm quitting pornography today, Lord. I'm sold out to you today. Somebody ought to believe with me that some prayed that. If you prayed that, let me see your hand. God bless you all over the building. Hallelujah. Father, we ask you to honor and bless all those that are gathered here. But it's because of you that you get the glory for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give